0: I feel like the role that has helped me grow as a person the most would have to have been Meg. I was confident that I wasn't going to book that role. And then when Miss Ava cast me and I asked her, why me? And she was like, why not you? And that's when I realized, wow, I can do this.
1: Welcome back to Ladies First with Laura Brown. Each week, I sit down with a major lady and ask her what she does how she does it, and what we can learn from her. Now, Storm Reed is just 17 years old, but she's been making a name for herself for years now. And she's always so freaking joyful. Like, I met her at dinners, but even during coronavirus. So we must know how she does it. So Storm Reed, welcome to the Ladies First podcast. And you are a young lady who I've had the pleasure of knowing for a couple of years now, maybe a little bit more back in the before times when there were events. And Storm would come with her mom, and he dressed up, so happy to be there, so uncynical, just really enjoying where you are. Wrinkle in Time came out. How old were you again? I was 14. When you've had success like that, at that age, you can get over things pretty quickly. Oh, I've seen that. I've had a, I've, I've started a movie with Oprah in it. But you are not like that sort of the theme of this, I'd say it's optimism I think of with you and, and how you are and what you project. So that's what I want to get at with you, stormy weather, knowing your mom well too. And, and you now my pen is very up for it, and really fun. Is that a sort of familial like DNA thing, a sort of optimistic outlook on, on life?
0: I would say yes. I was born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia, and of course, I didn't have the most perfect childhood, and everything wasn't easy, and things aren't easy now. I think we have all experienced that this year, but I think my mom has always told me that life is short, and Mm -hmm. we have to grasp and be grateful to be able to take up space in the world no matter what's going on, no matter what the circumstances are. So I can be having the worst day, and I feel like everything is falling apart, but that optimism of like, okay, but I'm still able to take up space in this world and feel these feelings. And some people don't have the opportunity to do so. Or there's just so many things going on where they don't get to feel the little glimpses of joy. I I try to understand how I'm feeling. I try to understand Mm. how others are feeling, but I think I just operate from a a, an immense space of gratitude and and just being grateful for everything and anything. Yeah, look. To be honest, you sometimes you can have a really shit day and just hate everything. And I I
1: think it's something I'm always keen to show to readers of InStyle, listeners of this, the the ladies who are on the red carpets can also have crappy days. Um, But for you, with with the joy that you. Uh, you know, you emanate especially on, on social, is, is there a discipline to that
0: too? Yeah, At least what you project out? I mean, I wouldn't say a discipline because I feel like it's not something that I am, it, it's something that I am trying to do, like to stay right. in a space of joy and gratitude, but it's not something that is not genuine, if that makes no. sense. It doesn't come from a space of like, I'm just doing this for others, but I don't really feel this way. I would say maybe I feel like it's in responsibility to try to present myself the best as I can to my supporters. But I also right. I think I try to find the balance of letting people know that, yes, I'm having a great day and I'm on this in style cover and like things are amazing, but also I'm applying to colleges. Life is mm-hmm. crazy. 2020 has been the wildest year of my entire life. So if I feel like going on Instagram and crying crying or being upset or expressing my anger towards something. I feel like that's what I do. I love your
1: Instagram for the positivity of
0: it. But I, I really gave you
1: props when you posted after the presidential debate and how Trump had behaved or not behaved. And I saw you kind of grow in that, in that thing. You've got a hoodie on, you're on your couch, you're pissed off and and you're sharing that. And I, That really, really struck me. Did you feel when you were doing that, I was like, this is not the usual storm stuff you're getting guys, but when, what made you feel like I've got to get out, got to get out there with this?
0: Yes. I mean, I feel like I've always been outspoken and I try not to call myself an activist because I'm not. I, I think I just am an active learner and an active listener. And I portray that online or in interviews or in my personal life. But at that particular moment, As a 17-year-old young black girl sitting on my couch seeing that our future could go either one way or another and seeing how somebody behaved and acted like a child, I was just extremely upset. And I feel like one of the reasons why I was upset— other than the, the broad scheme of things of like, this person just doesn't care about anybody, but particularly this person expressed that he doesn't care about people who look like me. Like when I go outside tomorrow, that's going to be dangerous. Like every time I step outside, I'm in fear. It might not be outward, but I'm, In the back of my head, like, oh my gosh, like, what if something happens to me? And that's because of that person. I mean, he's not the root of all evil and all problems, but he, he's a big part of what's going on right now. And the vulnerability that you live with, you live with every day. Exactly. So I just wanted to, that, that video wasn't for views. That video wasn't to get praise. And some people hated the video, but I absolutely didn't care because I was expressing myself and how I felt and speaking for the people who feel, who felt the same way, but just didn't want to say anything, didn't feel comfortable with saying anything or simply who the people who didn't have that platform to say those things. And you'll remember that moment. You
1: will remember that as you get older. There's little, little bridges you cross as you mature that you sort of go, oh, I owned that. I, I had ownership. I wouldn't put up with stuff anymore. That's a marking for you. You're, you're 17, but you've been working for a long time. And I'm curious about other times where you've really felt that you owned it or, or, or some confidence or, or a feeling of really being and I call it like in your bones.
0: My mom likes to say that I was born a 25 year old woman. I don't, (laughs) I don't, I don't know. I I (laughs) can say it. I can say it. Yeah. So I've Mm -hmm. always been very, like, I guess, mature for my age. But my mom and my family and my father, they always instilled in me, like, yes, operate from a space of gratitude. There's so many lessons that I've learned from them. But also, like, stand up for yourself and and speak Mm -hmm. up for what you believe in. And I don't think it's been a certain instance in the industry where I can point to, I mean, there has been been situations where I do speak up for myself and say, no, I don't feel like I'm being treated fairly or just because I'm a child or I'm a young black woman. I don't think I should be treated this way, but I feel like when I'm in my bones the most, or when I am most powerful is when I am speaking my mind and I'm taking up space undeniably, whether that's on Mm -hmm. social media or at a party, like I am, I am here for a reason and I'm going to make that known. And it doesn't have to be obnoxious, but just to be able to have an understanding and a sense of self-love for me as a person, but know that I'm also growing and I'm Mm. ever-evolving, I think that's something so beautiful in that.
1: Everyone talks about the perils of social media and this and that, but I think the advantage of it, uh, as as someone who is known, is that you can be your own editor and you can transmit what you want. But when you've, you've literally been growing up, going through, hey everybody, being a teenager while being known, so you're going through potentially less than rational feelings or a lot of growth and change while eyes have been on you. Being a really, really known actress
0: for a good four or five years now, how have you reconciled those things? Oh, man. Um, I think it's all about balance for me. I love to say that my mom has built a beautiful foundation for me to yes be able to do all of these amazing things and pursue my dreams and being in these movies and television shows but also she allows me to be a teenage girl who is sometimes moody who doesn't like texting or answering the phone who likes to just sit in her room and eat ice cream sometimes and then i think my uh, my approach to social media and like me trying to find that balance is like sometimes I'll go three or four days without posting because I don't feel like right. it's necessary to have to put myself out there every day if I don't feel like it. I've tried to keep a sense of my privacy as much as possible, but I just know that I'm growing and that I'm not going to say everything perfect. I'm not going to do everything perfect. Not everybody's going to like me, but as long as I operate from a, sen- a-, a space again of self-love, uh, mm-hmm. I think that's what's really helped me. This is a born performer here. Tell me about confidence. Tell me about confidence
1: and presentation as a young kid, you know, showing up to these things and now
0: and how's that? how
1: that's changing.
0: When I was younger, of course, I was always happy to be in these rooms and be at these events and be on these carpets. But sometimes and sometimes I still think like, why me? Like, why did they choose me? Why did I get an invite? Or Hi. why am I chosen to be in this project? Like there's always the why, and it's not a thing of self-doubt. And it's not me questioning me being worthy because I feel like everything that is meant for me is mine and is is going to be mine. And I say that in the most humble way possible. I just feel like that's how the universe works. But I do question like, oh my gosh, why am I why am I in this space? Of course, it goes all back to my mom, but her instilling in me, you deserve to be here. And you wouldn't be here if this wasn't meant for you. So I want you to own that. I want you to know that you are smart. You are beautiful. And she also goes into the hard truths of it. Like I just said, like not everybody's going to like you. But right. as long as you like yourself and you're comfortable with getting up in the mirror every day, going into your bathroom, and you are okay with the person that you're looking at, then mm. nothing else matters. Now, I do think
1: oh, oh, women who are older than you, I think your generation hopefully will be different, but tend to often shy away. I've, I've talked to big, famous movie stars, and I've said, what are you proud of? And I had them go, oh, I don't like the word pride. There's too much ego in it. To be proud doesn't make you an asshole, doesn't make you an egotist, but to have ownership of what you've done and know that you have a certain charisma is a great thing to have. So I, I want to know, like, what, what are you the most confident in and what are you the least confident in as a performer or a public person or, or a gal of 17? Ooh, that's, that's a loaded question. I know. I just stacked it on like a cream pie.
0: I know you did. Um <laughs> I feel like I'm most confident in this might sound cliche. I hope it doesn't, but I'm most confident in my heart. I feel like I operate from a space of good intention. I'm not going to be perfect, but I know that I am being as genuine as possible and sticking to myself and sticking true Mm -hmm. to myself. So I feel like that's where my confidence stems from is like me being okay with me And then I think where I lack a little confidence is just, like, being a 17-year-old girl, period. It's just, like, what is going on? What am I doing? Like, my body is going through changes and I have to be Mm -hmm. on a red carpet at 6 o'clock. My mom was sitting on the phone with my uncle last night and we went to a drive-in movie, me, my mom, Mm -hmm. and my sister. And she was like, yeah, Storm is about to be 18 in a few months. And I'm like no, like, no, that's, that's not okay. Like I've been on this earth for like almost 18 years. Like that's, that's insane. On one hand, people think I have it all figured out. And then on another hand, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I always say there's a
1: time in your early twenties you, when you kind of thinking you know of everything and you so don't so you might go through that phase but it's really fun it's really fun uh but what if of your roles that you've played which one has led to the most growth or you felt you felt you really was one of those bridges that I was talking about before
0: yeah I mean I've been fortunate in in blessed enough to have worked for a very long time I mean I'm old but I mean 18 years
1: almost on this earth
0: Right. But I feel like the role that has helped me grow as a person the most would have to have been Meg because I was confident that I wasn't going to book that role. I'm like, I'm going to just go in here. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to try to impress Miss Ava. But I was convinced that I'm not going to be a Meg in a wrinkle in time like that. That just that's just not how it's going to work. And then when Miss Ava cast me and I asked her why, like, why me? And she was like, why not you? And that's when I realized, wow, I can do this. And people are listening to me. Once A Wrinkle in Time came out, I feel like the growth for me solidified even more because that's when young girls would come up to me who look like me and said, Storm, thank you so much for allowing me to see myself save the world. And I was like, wow, my career is so much bigger than who I am and what I want to do. Like, I'm not doing this just to pursue my dreams and my aspirations and my passions. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, I do love this, but my career is bigger than myself. And I am not only here to Mm act, but I'm here to inspire. And that is what drives me every day. And to represent the the common refrain that we hear from
1: young, young girls of color that they haven't seen themselves enough on screen, haven't seen themselves enough on a magazine cover, haven't seen themselves enough. It's a mantle, it's a big mantle for, you know, a young young girl, but it is one that you've been wearing for a few years. And I, I would hope that you want to become less unusual or less representative, right?
0: I feel like it should just be normal. I mean, I talk about this all the time or think about it all the time. When I was younger growing up and like watching Disney Channel and seeing Zendaya, I was like, oh my gosh, that is the end all to be all. Like, this is all I need. Like, this is somebody who looks like me on television. This, this is inspiring me to make me feel like I can do that. But now looking back and not taking anything away from her, but there should have been so many young girls that looked just like her on that Mm -hmm. television screen on so many different networks where I'm like, wow, yes, she is inspirational, but I wonder how she felt being the only. And I'm I'm trying to, we're trying to open up a door, create a door, open up a door and leave that door open, put a wedge Mm -hmm. at the bottom of that door (laughs) and just say, come on, like, we deserve to be seen and be heard. Like, how do you feel like you can succeed if you don't see yourself? And for you guys, you and you and your mom, obviously have a production company,
1: and I think there's been a lot, obviously a lot of really genuine movement, but I also think a lot of disingenuousness, a lot of virtue signaling, a lot of, uh, you know, a sort of knee jerk. Oh, I've got to look like I'm part of this. How have you navigated the roles you're going
0: to take, what you want to make through this sort of noise? Yes, I mean, I think. My choices have always been intentional, but especially in 2020, where I have still been fortunate to work from home and and do a lot of stuff for the production company, sell a few projects. I, I am very cognizant of, okay, then the next few years of the art that we curate and intake has to be so intentional and so purposeful. So I I, I think my approach as an actress and as a producer is to be a part of projects that really mean something to me, that match with Mm -hmm. my morals and values. It doesn't matter what genre it is, but it has to be representative of the entire world. Like I don't want a project about Uh, Two young girls who are best friends in high school. One is me, African-American, and and, and one is Asian-American. And nobody on on the creative side is Asian-American or is of Asian descent. How do you represent somebody if you haven't gone through those same experiences, if you're not that person? Tell me you
1: really broke out as obvious wrinkle in time, a huge movie, and now you're in a sort of seismic cultural happening of, of euphoria. And I'm really asking this for the kids because I'm very old. But when you were filming that versus when it kind of landed, did you feel it was going to become this kind of cult thing?
0: I think we knew it was going to be special. There were people like HBO execs or higher-ups in the company saying, oh, this is going to be a cultural phenomenon. And you, you, you take that and you are grateful for it. But also I feel like people who make art try to take it with a grain of salt because you just don't mm. know how things are going to perform. So we did know that people would love it or not like it, but we didn't know that we were making a show that would be this huge. And that would be right. so reflective and, and so important to so many young people. So that's why I'm so grateful to be a part of it. Uh, were you in this extra episode? Bit? I am. I mean, I yeah. am like, I make a a... Uh, a sneak peek, like I'm, I'm in and out. (laughs) I'm in and out. Cause it's a Christmas scene and, uh, it's mostly about Rue, but I, I do make an appearance, but in season two, my role does expand and, and Gia does become a real character. Not that she wasn't before, but she's, she was a little external. Exactly. She was like, I, I feel like every time I, I, was on camera, I tried to make it intentional and I wanted you to feel her and feel her pain, even though she may have not been talking. But Gia is a big part of who Rue is and and Rue affects her a lot. And I feel like we will see a lot of that in season two.
1: And I I, talk about Zendaya being uh, in your mind's eye when you were younger. You two have a really touching, lovely, genuine sort of sister, but also a working relationship everybody will always stand to be like tell what's it like with you two but I, I am curious about the work you do together and 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 how you you work as sort of grown-up professionals and then how you manage
0: the this versus right. the yeah I mean I think just watching her is astounding for me because I always like, I don't want to sound creepy and I don't want to sound weird, but I just go back to that eight year old girl Mm -hmm. who watched television and saw her on television every day. And I'm like, wow, like I'm, this is a full circle moment for me. But then to also like, even though I'm younger than her and I do look up to her, her, her growth is just awe inspiring to go from disney Channel and and to be a Disney star to now being an Emmy award winner like that mm-hmm. is an anomaly sometimes like you don't always see that so to be able to just see her blossom and become who she is and come into her own even as a young person, I think is 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 truly special, and I think that that really represents how our work and personal relationship goes.
1: And, you know, it's funny that you mentioned 8 year old because I say this all the time. I say, listen to your inner eight-year-old. What would your inner eight-year-old want to do? You know, and so what, like, what does your inner eight-year-old tell you? What, what
0: makes your inner eight-year-old the happiest? Oh, man, what makes my inner eight-year-old the happiest? I think my inner eight-year-old is like hype and turned up. When I am at home in Atlanta, I feel Uh like those were some of the best memories that I had with just like I was acting, but it was here and there, but I was just like growing up, and I, I was in elementary school, and I was like with friends, and I lived across the street from a McDonald's. It was the greatest, so I feel like my my inner child, even though I am still a child, my inner child, my inner, uh-huh. my inner adolescence, it really enjoys when I'm just at home, and I'm or I'm around family.
1: I my mean, my inner child really enjoys a sausage with muffin, so, you know, let's... <laughs> I mean, why not? Welcome back to Ladies First with me, Laura Brown. I'm talking to Storm Reid about how she's staying sane, driven, and cheerful during these, you know what we call them, trying times get back to Atlanta I mean it's been difficult right now because no one's really going anywhere but
0: what do you miss about it it might sound weird but I miss the city itself and then I miss the people there like my father is there my siblings are there like all my whole family is in Atlanta or in, in Georgia so I miss seeing them, of course. But then Atlanta is just such a a cool, vibrant city. The people are way nicer than they are here in L.A. The food is way better. So I'm like, that is just... That's this. That's the place to be. I mean, the culture is just so rich there from mm-hmm. Coca-Cola, like the origination of Coca-Cola there, from the start of this, the civil rights movement. There's so mm-hmm. much culture and so much depth there that as soon as I get off the plane, I've said this before, my mom was like, you're being weird. But I was like, the air is different. Like there's yeah. just a, a sense, the presence, the energy is nothing like I've ever felt before. I was blessed enough to go and visit
1: with John Lewis a couple of years ago for a story for InStyle, and I well, of all the magnificent, soul filling parts of our meeting, was the cutest thing. I go, would you like, would you like a, a, a soft drink? I have some Coca Cola products. <laughs> I've got Coca-Cola products. Yes. <laughs> are you sure? Because I've got Coca-Cola products. Yes. Isn't that good? Okay. I want to ask you, what what does style mean to you? Because you really are so enthusiastic about what you wear and and you really dress for the occasion. And when did you start to get to know what your style might be?
0: Ooh, my style has always come from a, a, a sense of like me just being myself. Like style is a way that I use self-expression. Like I go out in the world and you see me in these clothes, but when you see me in these clothes, you know, this is how I'm feeling. So whether I'm wearing some cool sneakers, a hoodie and some jeans, like that's how I'm feeling. Or if I'm on a red carpet, I I really try to approach it with a a sense of, of, care-freelessness, if that makes sense, but also mm-hmm. being very intentional with the brands I align myself with, because that's also important, as you know. So I feel like fashion and style can be a, a political statement if you want it to be. It's so many things, but I think it's always changing for me. Most of my favorite visuals are you on
1: your Instagram or whatever, or on the phone, where you're at home and you're in your, in your Lycra, you're getting about in your workout clothes, and then you're like, jolly oh i'm on instagram i'm just gonna do some workout and i'm like sitting on my ass going oh great and your mom's the same like she's like running you're both running your empire in like your in your leggings right exactly um, <laughs> how, how important is like physical fitness and, and keeping that together for your your, your mind and your body
0: Yeah, I mean, I think especially this year, moving my body has been imperative because that's the only way, especially earlier in the quarantine, like that was the only way where I felt good about anything. I was like, if I don't work out, I'm just going to be sad all day. Like, yes, I'm still going to be sad about after my workout, but at least I'll be a little bit more assured of myself. But like, I think just health as a whole, is very important to us. And and my mom was an athlete. My dad was an athlete. Oh, um, your mom was. Yeah, Yeah, she's from Greensboro, so she wasn't a cheerleader, but she was like a I think it's called like a majorette. My sister played basketball and ran track. My brother plays football, so we're like in, a, in an athletic family. So some of my some of my my gals added some questions. You told us for your your
1: profile in November. I'm sorry, your cover story. I'm sorry. Is it here?
0: Is I mean, it? it's just casual. Oh. Like, you know, it was a surprise to me, but it was just, you know. Oh, yeah. How did you find out that you were on this cover store? I got a text from you, and you said, surprise, and I started screaming. Meanwhile, my mom is on the treadmill, and she already knew, and she was like, uh-huh, I knew I kept a secret, and then we FaceTime. Uh, sometimes when you can just be like a game show host. Right.
1: Wow. Uh, tell me, in, in the interview for that, you said you were working on getting. your you want Beyoncé to be in one of your projects? How's that going?
0: Yes, I mean I haven't reached <laughs> out to her yet, but I think I think we're, it's kind of it might come to fruition. Like she sent me an Ivy Park box this year, so I think I got I'm getting, the box. I did. I think I'm getting closer to asking her to direct an episode of one of my shows. Like, please, just please, just one episode. Do you know how cool and iconic that would be? you've got look you're more than halfway there you've got the box i hope so i'm de- you've got the box of leisure wear exactly like i was like okay ah. she knows who i am she thinks about me she wants to send me stuff like i'm getting closer so where uh, <laughs> you are seconds away
1: seconds away i'll tell her when i text her tonight no i don't know her. i don't know her at all okay what are you the most optimistic about for next year
0: i'm optimistic about a few things i i'm optimistic about hopefully Getting COVID under control. That's the main thing on my mind. And not in a selfish way, like, oh, I want to go outside, hmm. but there's just so many people losing loved ones and and people being affected by this every day. I want it to be under control. I want a mm-hmm. sense of normalcy back in the world. I am optimistic about our production company and going back into production for euphoria and the things that we're producing and giving people opportunities. And then I'm optimistic of just to, to continue my growth as a young person. I mean, I guess I'll be turning 18, so I was going to no, know, one thing I is remarkable about you two is, is, is how polite you are. You, I'm swearing
1: all over this, and you haven't. But you also call people Ms. Yes. And, you know, Ms. Ava, you've called me Ms. Laura. Where did that courtesy come from? Is it something that came from your mom, or...?
0: Yes, I think it's just a Southern thing, Southern hospitality. Yeah. Especially when I was younger, I would get in trouble for not saying, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. Or saying like my, my mom calls. I'm not like yeah or yes. I'm like ma'am because that's like a. I think it's just a sign of respect. And in my mom still calls my aunts and people who are older than her ma'am. So I think it's just a, it's a sign of respect. Wow. Yeah,
1: I should learn that. Australia is sort of the opposite. But that's that's little, our national our national character. Who's been someone that you've met through you know uh, your work that you wanted to go say like Ms. twice that just made you just go. Blew your brains out.
0: There's been a few instances. I mean, meeting Miss Oprah, like that was insane for me, especially because she knew who I was. Like she knew my name. Like I didn't have to introduce myself. That was really cool when I met Rihanna earlier this year. I can't believe that it was this year, but when I met Rihanna this year, she was like, Come on, Storm, get in the picture. And I about fainted because I didn't have to introduce myself. And then the first time I met Beyonce, it, it was it was a really cool moment for me. Storms, sad little rolodex, no friends. But there's so many people that I haven't met. Like you've had conversations with the coolest people. Like I want to meet Miss Michelle Obama and President Barack Obama. Like there's so many people on my list that I haven't gotten the chance to meet yet. But see, and so about, hang on.
1: When's, when is your 18th birthday? July 1st. Oh, you got a bit. You gotta ways it. I remember thinking when I was younger that one day there would be a year 2000 or that one day I'd be 35.
0: How old that was. I know. It's so funny though because, like, I, people ask me, like, what year were you born? And I'm like, oh three. And they're like, oh three? Yeah, get out. It's just normal. If you ever say that
1: around me again, I will drop kick you. <laughs> okay. At the end of this podcast, I like to do something called 10 firsts, and it's just a cheeky little 10 questions about bits and bobs. This first question is not meant for people older than you, <laughs> but it's even funnier. First drink you order?
0: Water. <laughs> water or, like, I'm a big water drinker, so water or cranberry juice? Those are my two go-tos.
1: Yes. Well, hydration is so important.
0: Yes. <laughs> First thing you look at on your phone in the morning? Um, Probably Instagram. After I like take a moment to wake up, set my affirmations of the day, pray, it's Instagram. Is there an affirmation of the day? quota and do you have the centers just have one
1: or several or how does that kind of help you in the morning
0: yeah I mean I feel like it changes but I always say today is going to be a good day nobody can get in the way of that I'm going to be a blessing in somebody else's life today and then you know it might not always be the best day but I know that I went into the day with the right intention
1: do you say it out loud or just in
0: your head in my head I'm going to be a blessing in someone's life today yeah
1: well, I hope so because it is—it's it's a bit past noon there. That's all right. You've already—you've blessed my life. You're fine.
0: You can go lie down. Yeah. No, <laughs> okay. First person you call. I mean, I think it's ever changing, but I think I call my sister every day. My oldest sister, Paris. I call her every day.
1: How much older than you is she? Fourteen
0: years. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was of course weird for her when I was like a infant and she's 14. Like she wants to go hang out with her friends and like, there's this little baby Mm. there, but now like we're the best of friends. Then I have another sister, uh, we're 12 years. No, I think maybe nine, nine or 10 years apart, Iman. And then Mm. my brother and I are the closest. We're two years apart.
1: God, you all have such glamorous names. Paris iman storm jeez I feel common common as muck okay first uh, joke you remember
0: first joke I remember <laughs> okay so there's uh, there's a few but I think yo mama jokes were insanely popular when I was like in elementary school and thinking about it now like that's quite rude but the the <laughs> the first one the first one that I I I remember, and I still crack up about, even though I feel like it's extremely immature. (laughs) I think it was like something about your mama's diet. And she was like, she's on a seafood diet. So everything she sees, she eats. And I don't know why, but that still cracks me up. She sees food. And so, exactly. Even though she's supposed to be a pescatarian, she's just eating all the food. <laughs> okay. First fashion splurge. My first fashion splurge, I was in New York. It was the summer before I moved to LA in 2012. And I bought my first Hello Kitty handbag. And I remember it was like like lavender and it was three hundred dollars and i thought i was yes i know those purses were expensive i still have them i'm gonna give them to my daughter one day but those purses were expensive and i thought i was just the coolest girl in the world oh my god that is wow hello kitty i I never
1: i never knew you yes she was taking
0: all my money
1: (laughs) that kitty (laughs) that kitty Mercenary. Uh, well, and what was the last like fun fashion
0: thing you either bought or someone sent you? Again, big sneaker head. And I'm fortunate enough for brands to send me some really cool sneakers. So I think every time I get a pair of sneakers, I just feel a little bit special because of course it, we, we always feel grateful for a brand to be sending you something, but then to also be sending you something that you really, really love. I, I, I find that really cool.
1: And not just for the sake of sending stuff. And that's the thing that there is a lot of waste or cynicism or just stuff being sent for the sake of stuff in our business. It's like, guys, we could just cut, cut a lot of this. Just everyone calm down. Yeah. Oh, this is interesting. This is also sometimes for older women, but it's kind of funny. First date. First
0: date. <laughs> oh, man. I think my first date was probably universal. <laughs> what did you do? Did Jaws get you? Jaws didn't eat you, did it? It, We went to, okay, so there's, you know, there's, like, the Universal and then Universal City Walk where you, like, go to the movies and go get something to eat. So I'm sure we just, like, went to go get something to eat, went to a movie. Nothing too fancy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So innocent.
0: So so pure. First thing, you turn on TV. I don't really watch a lot of TV unless it's, like, streaming. I recently Uh just finished The Undoing. I was mind blown. We have a, yeah. a TV downstairs and it's on all day, which sounds bad, but it's always on the news. So mm-hmm. we just, we always know what's going on. Especially this last couple of years, like all you hear is Trump, 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 Trump. Trump. So I'm like, I can't listen to this anymore. Can we turn this off? No, it's been like, abusive. He, he's He's lived rent free. In, in our heads. And
1: I think it's taking a lot of, of us to let it go, but how are you going to cleanse
0: your head? Oh, I think it's going to be hard. I think just like the movement that we're in now and in, in trying to educate ourselves and, and be allies for other people, something might not be affecting you directly, but you, as a human, I think it should bother you if you know that it's affecting, one, your global community or somebody mm-hmm. in your community. But also to know what, you can't, what your limitations are. I say this to women all the time.
1: It's not bad to have them. It's not bad to, to, to be like, I can't listen to that TV anymore. I can't
0: handle that anymore. You know, and uh, how do you, are you a good sleeper? I usually am a good sleeper. It might take me a while to go to sleep, but once I'm asleep, I'm sleep. And then I have ability to, so like, fall asleep in the car like that. So put me in a car and I'm out. Like a baby. I just want to be driven around and rocked in a car. Right. <laughs> you do that to me. Hey, you drive, right? I do drive. I get my license next month, so I'm very excited. What's the car going to be? I, I bought myself a car for, for my birthday. So I bought a Porsche Macan. What color? It's black. All right. First thing you do
1: or eat if you're stressed
0: out. Oh, man, I think it's chocolate chip cookies. I'm a big chocolate chip cookie lover. Like, give me a warm plate of chocolate chip cookies, and Mm -hmm. I am going to be as happy as I can be. And what's the first thing you order back in Atlanta? Back in Atlanta. I mean, people don't like it that much. I think people from the South do. Uh, Other people don't. But Waffle House, Waffle House is so good. Like I order the all-star. It's like basically, it's just like in an an enormous amount of food. It's the greatest thing. Of course, Storm Reid orders the
1: all-star. Okay, finally. Okay. The first thing you'll do when this godforsaken pandemic is over.
0: I want to travel. When it's safe to travel, I really, really, really want to go to Greece. So hopefully I get to go to Greece.
1: And I can just imagine your cute face. When you get to Greece and you go and see that blue Mediterranean and the white and just your, and maybe a love about you when your smile lights up, everything else crinkles away. Yes! And, and I, want, I want to see your, your joyful face in Greece also because I will be there because we will have gone on our jet. No, we'll go on Oprah's jet.
0: Duh! She's
1: just a phone call away. So if you could do that, if you could arrange that. I will text your assistant and I'll get all the dates together. If you could, if you could. But Storm Reid, I admire you and and to do what you do with with real joy with real optimism with a real ease well at least looks like it and some grace is so unusual so prized and coming up in an environment not just entertainment but the cultural environment you're living through every single day and and especially this year is really really remarkable so I'm proud to know you I'm proud you're you're my bro and thank you so much for being a ladies first or a first lady either
0: way both Thank you for always listening to me and hearing me and seeing me. And I, I respect you. I admire you. And I love you.
1: This has been Ladies First with Laura Brown. We can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to our production team at Pod People, Rachel King, Eliza Lambert, Danielle Roth, Anne Ford, Anne Kane, and Erica Wong. And thanks to Brian Anstey, Molly Stout, and Hayley Mason at InStyle. You can find out more at InStyle.com. Find us on Instagram at InStyle Magazine, on Twitter at InStyle, and you can find me on Insta at laurabrown99.